I'm here today with H.M. Rawat, the CEO of Lingo, a new blockchain-based project. So, first of all, thanks very much for joining us today. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me. I wanted to find out, first of all, um, well, how you got into this in the first place. What's your background business-wise, and how did you end up uh, in this blockchain-based world? Yeah, well, I'm based in um, Mauritius Island, and that was where I was born and raised. We have a family business here. It's a company that uh, partners with around 20 international brands in 10 countries. Uh, and I was working with that company for around five years uh, as their head of marketing. Uh, so got to work with some of the biggest brands in the world, uh, including Nokia, Apple, um, Oppo, Huawei, Aston Martin, Ferrari, uh, in a few countries and, and got to learn how to launch big brands in uh, emerging markets. And uh, after that, I decided to um, launch my own business. So what I did was Google top franchises in the world and Subway was number one uh, back then. So I, um, I introduced the brand in Mauritius in 2014. Uh, we grew that to become the fastest growing um, quick service restaurant brand in the country before expanding into South Africa, where I was the master franchisee for, for Mauritius and, and South Africa too. And uh, I started, um, after selling South Africa, I, I started uh, deploying restaurants in, in Cape Town. And uh, in the subway system, the way it works is it's, it's the biggest franchise in the world uh, in terms of number of restaurants. Uh, they're bigger than McDonald's, bigger than, than Starbucks. And the way they structure themselves is you have franchisees, around 20,000 franchises in the world, uh, but only around 300 to 400 master franchisees uh, or business developers. Some of them are called that term in the system. The way it used to work is twice a year, all of the 300 master franchisees would meet somewhere around the world, mostly in the United States. And then you'd meet and network with other master franchisees uh, around the globe and share best, best practices. And uh, we used to hang out with uh, master franchisees from Eastern Europe uh, a lot from our region. So they, they merged Africa and, uh, and Eastern Europe. And uh, in around 2015, 2016, uh, some of the guys from Estonia and uh, Slovenia were very early on uh, in, in the blockchain space. Uh, these countries were, had a lot of early adopters, uh, especially in Bitcoin. So they, they were the first ones to talk to me about Bitcoin uh, over there and how they were trading and investing and how it's gonna change the world. And it's basically, then that I started uh, dabbling into it uh, and I started trading um, as a retail trader and getting to learn more about this industry since around 2016. So tell us a bit about Lingo then. Uh, you know, how did you come up with the idea, sort of what, what led towards it? Right, so I was a, always a big fan of uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, I grew up uh, watching him launch the the iPod, uh, and then the iPhone. And th this guy fascinated me a lot. And one of the best quotes I, I, I can remember from him, it's actually from, um, 
from another person, uh, his name slips my mind, but it's referenced by Steve Jobs a lot, especially when he launched the iPod, is, uh, is a hockey player saying, I don't, what is the exact quote? Uh, I don't, uh, I skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it has been. And um, he mentions that this is where, this is how Apple has thought about things all along, and they will always do that. And uh, it's, it's something I've tried to apply in my, in my entrepreneurial career all the time. And what was um, shockingly obvious for me uh, was that most of the Web3 uh, blockchain startups out there were positioning themselves for the existing native market. And we haven't seen many startups position, them, position themselves where the puck will be uh, in the next few years. Uh, and this for us was, was key. I mean, as an entrepreneur, the, the, the most important uh, aspect, uh, in my opinion, is the market and where the market is going. And this is what motivated me to um, sell all my restaurants, um, even though on the South Africa side, it was the biggest uh, uh, entrepreneurial contract I've ever signed. I've ever signed with the biggest franchise company in the world in the biggest market there. Um, I, I decided to sell everything, uh, sell all my contracts and do this full time is the market. Uh, because today there's around two, 200 million people uh, in the blockchain space, which is exactly the same as the internet in 1997. Uh, but in the 90s, the internet was growing at around 63% per year. Uh, blockchain adoption is growing at 113% per year, which is twice faster. Uh, so that makes it the fastest technological adoption in history. Uh, so even if you assume that you, you stop the rate of growth by a factor of three, uh, we are still reaching a billion people in the next three to five years. Uh, and, and if that happens, it will probably be the most amount of capital ever injected in the history of the world in the shortest period of time. And so you're investing um, your own money from the sale of the restaurants then? Uh, yes. Um, I, I only ask that because it's kind of reassuring in a way. A lot of blockchain-based projects, obviously, people start with nothing and then they raise investment from other people. And sometimes it feels like they're not putting their money where their mouth is. But, you're, you know, you're putting your own money on the line. You know, your restaurants, as you say, were doing perfectly well. Uh, but you decided that to go where the puck is going to be rather than where it is. Yeah, and on that analogy, um, where the puck is going to be, we were like, so if there's a billion people coming into that industry, these are everyday guys. Uh, these aren't crypto natives. And uh, we found that there's three big issues uh, uh, today that are blocking the everyday person from entering that space. Number one, it's extremely hard to understand. Uh, number two, there's no real life utility there's no utility in the real world like what's how can i use my bitcoin or my ethereum or whatever in real life uh and number three uh it's very risky and uh we found that most of the startups uh, whether you're launching nfts you're launching a token you're launching a DeFi protocol you're not addressing most of the startups weren't addressing these three pain points um which is what we were about. Uh, so we, we decided to launch Lingo uh, with the next billion wave coming in uh, with the, these three aspects in mind. It needs to be easy to understand. It needs to, has, to have utility in real life. And it needs to be less risky than what was out there uh, in the market. And uh, to your point, I mean, uh, when I go to a business, for me, 
it's either a minimum of seven years full time and doing one thing only. Uh, otherwise, I don't go into any industry. So which is why I decided to sell everything and go all in. Um, and also, I was later joined by my 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 co-founder. Uh, his name is David Amsalam. Uh, he founded a company called John Paul, which uh, became the biggest uh, concierge company in the world. Uh, it was later uh, acquired by Accor Hotels for $150 million. And uh, David sold uh, John Paul, he was around 39 uh, at the time. And uh, he was basically semi-retired and then became an angel investor and invested in a few, uh, a few well-known companies in, in the European ecosystem. Um, when uh, I approached him with the idea, uh, initially it was to, to, for him to invest uh, in the company, but uh, he believed in it so much that he uh, decided to, for the first time since selling John Paul, uh, become a co-founder uh, in, into this business. So if you go on his LinkedIn right now, uh, this, this founder of, of John Paul, and, and, and then it's, 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 it's co-founder of Lingo publicly. And that also speaks a lot where, um, again, he's putting his money with his mouth is on top of investing, like putting his associating, putting his name on another project after selling his last one for $150 million. So we are all in. Uh, if you look at um, our socials, uh, we've, we've won the second place at the World Blockchain Summit. This is real people. This is me, my face, uh, talking uh, about lingo. And That's always an advantage to have an actual real human being instead of an avatar. Always, always a bonus in this business. Oh, absolutely! For us, credibility is is is, is everything, and um, we we genuinely genuinely think that uh, we're gonna uh, if the model works, it's gonna have an impact. Uh, and uh, uh, for this to 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 happen, we um, we are putting ourselves in a situation where we are maximizing everything that we can uh, for this to impact uh, potentially a billion people in the next five years. Okay, so the question is, of course, what what is the big idea that attracted um, your partner David uh, to the business? What's what is the big idea behind Lingo? Right. So I explained to you about the three problems: uh, hard to understand, uh, real life utility, and, and and risky. So what Lingo is, it's the first startup that uses blockchain to send people on vacations for free. Um, so essentially, if, if you if you think of the existing business model of how do you get free vacations, well, there is the American Express or Merit model where you can accumulate miles. This is the existing model. Um, so what you can do is you can spend a lot of money using your Amex card, and then you you accumulate miles, uh, and then you can claim those miles for free stays. Or we'll do the same with like a hotel loyalty program. The problem is that it's, it usually takes tens of thousands of dollars of, of spending money uh, to end up with one night for free three years later. And so we thought the model was archaic and thanks to blockchain technology, we can, ha we can now have a, a, a way better model by orders of magnitude. So instead of uh, spending a lot of money for a lot of time to end up with peanuts as rewards, um, the way it works with Ningo is that all you have to do is you have to be an owner of the Lingo token, which is a digital asset uh, that you can always sell back. So it's not like you're burning cash. It's something that you can, you can always uh, sell back. But once you're an owner, what we do is we open a free miles account for you, like a magic miles account. And every single month, uh, your miles account gets 
uh, gets uh, rewarded with more and more miles in the form of digital assets. So it's like instead of spending a lot of money to earn a very tiny mouse, all you have to do is be a holder of the token. And once you do that, we know that you, Glenn, you're a holder of the token. Every single month, we give you miles uh, for free uh, in, in your Magic Mouse account. Uh, and you don't have to spend more money to receive the mouse. All you have to do is wait. And every single month, it just goes up and up and up and up. And once, it's, once you're ready to go on vacation, uh, we've integrated more than 1 million hotels uh, on the platform. So you're not blocked in like a, you need to go to a Marriott hotel. So you need to go there. There's a million plus hotels. Uh, and we've done that thanks to the, um, uh, our connections with uh, Rachel House, who's the ex-managing director of Booking.com, who's, who's helping us uh, with Lingo. So what happens is you, you keep on accumulating miles free of charge without doing anything. Once you're ready to go on vacation, you click on redeem and then you have a million hotels and off you go to on vacations for free. And as long as you keep your tokens, even when you're back from your vacations, you keep on accumulating the miles. Uh, and that's better by orders of magnitude compared to the existing, the existing system today, uh, where if you don't spend money, you're not getting rewarded here. It just keeps going up and up and up and up. Uh, and now that makes it easy to understand. Uh, it's a token. It's a digital asset that sends you on vacation for free. That's easy to understand. It has utility in real life. You are, you are actually using those assets to go on vacation in real life. Um, and it's less risky compared to other digital assets because the way we do that, and I'll explain to you how this works, is, uh, and that's why we need blockchain technology, is that we find a way to accumulate real estate assets uh, that are yield generating. And, and we found a way to tokenize those yields in the form of miles that we, we give back to the whole community. Yes, this was something that I found most interesting about the project because so many blockchain projects that I've looked at in the past um, and many which have failed revolve around, you know, the circular economy where digital assets are just investing in other digital assets that are investing in other digital assets. And, you know, sooner or later, as we see every few years, of course, there's a there's a kind of crypto goes in cycles and the whole house of cards can easily collapse. So what I found really interesting about your project is how it's grounded in, as you say, real world assets. It depends upon uh, real estate, which is which is a far less uh, volatile sector than than crypto tokens generally. So it gives it a, a kind of grounding. Can you explain to us then how the sort of the the token circulation uh, works in conjunction with uh, the real estate, sort of, you know, how the real estate gets purchased, how the yields then circulate um, and become, uh, in a sense, vacations for people. You know, so just explain how the how the uh, assets circulate around the system. Sure thing. So real estate, uh, especially rental real estate investments, has been one of the safest investments uh, maybe throughout history. I mean, we've always had to need uh, shelter in, in, in human life. Uh, you need a place to stay. Uh, whether it's a crisis, it's not a crisis, you need some place to stay. So there's always going to be um, tenants renting out uh, apartments or houses to live. And this is very important for us because, and this might be, and that's why we need blockchain technology is maybe for the first time in financial in financial history we found a way to accumulate real estate assets without needing to raise capital which means that with the model you can keep on stacking more and more assets uh throughout time uh 
without needing to raise capital, which means that people joining in the system um, can expect yields to go up over time because the asset base is going up over time. Um, so the way we do that is that thanks to blockchain, uh, um, you, you can code uh, on the smart contract of your digital assets, uh, transaction fees. Uh, so whenever people buy and sell um, our token, uh, we code a small transaction fee uh, of 2.5% that goes to buy real estate assets. Um, think of, uh, if I compare that to Bitcoin, for example, um, Bitcoin is only as good, and I'm a very firm believer in Bitcoin uh, because of the transparency, the, the supposed decentralization, and the fact that there's a fixed supply. Uh, the, but the problem is uh, the price of Bitcoin only goes up as, uh, as long as the other person is willing to pay you for that. So if tomorrow people uh, are completely out, the whole thing crashes. And however, if for argument's sake, imagine if, if the founders of Bitcoin um, coded a 0.1% transaction fee on every buy and sell since day one and invested that into real estate. Number one, this would have no change, uh, no substantial change in trading volumes since day one because it's only 0.1%. But number two, you would have $50 billion of real estate today uh, that would generate yield, that would support the token and that would generate yield for the whole community, $50 billion since day one and and that would that would make bitcoin exponentially more uh, solid today uh because there would be this, this 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 these assets that would keep on backing it and then every single year those the, those assets would keep going up and up and up and up because people would keep on trading uh so you keep on accumulating more and more real estate that would generate yield so the way it works for us is whenever people buy and sell the token on the open market we charge a small transaction fee uh, this gets invested in real estate assets, real hard assets. And uh, now these assets generate rent you know, every single month in, in, in real money, in fiat. Uh, and this is where the, the magic happens. What we do is we take 100% of the rentals. We don't take 0.1% and give you cashbacks like, like the typical names I mentioned for miles. We don't take 0.1%. We don't take 50% um like most of the web3 ecosystems uh, and and give 50% to the community and keep 50% for for the owners we have a fully uh, community centric model where we use 100% of the net yields generated every single month and then what we do with those is we buy back our own token on the exchange on, on the open market uh, now we have a fixed supply of tokens so by doing this automatically you're adding buying pressure on your token over time and it's every single month so coming to the risk aspect, somebody's like, okay, well, crypto is risky, right? Well, this one um, in, in Lingo, they know that every single month there's, there's real money with real rents that, that are used to buy back the token. So this already makes it a less risky option and, and already makes it more likely to gain value over time. But this is not uh, the purpose of Lingo. The purpose of Lingo is to send people on vacations. So what we do is we buy back tokens every single month. And then we airdrop those tokens. Uh, and again, that can only be done thanks to, to, to blockchain. We airdrop those tokens immediately to every single holder in their free miles account. So the miles that you are accumulating actually comes from rentals generated um, every single month. Now, this in itself is already orders of magnitude more interesting than a, um, 
than the typical mail system because it's not, it's not a cashback. It's every single month that we're using 100%, not 0.1%, and give everything back to the whole community. And that's how you accumulate your miles. But, and this is a, a big but, and this is the real revolutionary part about it. Imagine if next year, um, the market cap of the token stays the same. We, we're not even saying, look, we're going to do 1,000x, even though it's possible. Let's just say we do 0x in terms of growth. It's still the same. So we have the same market cap year two. We have the same daily trading volume um, year two, which means that with the same transaction fees, we've doubled the asset base year two, which means that your yield ha has now doubled, assuming you're doing the same yield. Um, which means that the miles that you're receiving year two, technically now is double what you're receiving in year one. And if the same, the same thing happens in year three, then you're tripling it. The same thing happens in year four, then you're quadrupling it. So it's, it's a way where you've invested once in Lingo, and then in theory, if the market cap stays the same and the trading volume stays the same, your miles in year two gets more, and the, your miles in year three gets more, and your miles in year four gets more. And for the end user, it's like, all I have to do is, is, is getting Lingo once. And by the way, it's a less risky option. Um, so this in itself uh, makes it worthwhile. But then again, I know that I'm going to go on vacation uh, every year. As long as I'm keeping my tokens, every year I'm going on vacation. And, and that's a deep, uh, uh, um, I wouldn't say problem, that's a deep uh, uh, um, a value add in someone's life because the, the, the modus operandi for most people is, is you go to school, you go to college, and then you work 50 years at a job that you hate so that you can go on vacation once a year. What if you've made the right choice with Lingo and we can take care of the, of the vacation side for you? How, how better would your life be? Uh, because you know that whatever happens once a year, at least you're going on vacations. I know it's at a very early stage still, but have you been able so far to be able to put together any estimates of, say, how much somebody would need to invest in uh, Lingo tokens in order to get a certain kind of holiday after a certain amount of time? Is there is there any estimate along those lines or is it too early for that still? We, we have various models. Uh, it, it, obviously, it, um, there's many variables in terms of the, the market, in terms of the private sale and everything. Um, but from our estimates, based on conservative estimates, we should be able to generate around a 12 to 15% uh, return uh, in the form of miles uh, on year one. And obviously, um, depending on what happens on year two and year three and year four, uh, this, this only goes up because you're adding to the real estate uh, assets. I see. So yeah, the assets are growing. So in terms of the tokenomics, as you said, you're buying back tokens each month using using part of the rental yield in order to buy back tokens in order to shrink the supply of tokens. Uh, at the same time, obviously, tokens are going to be released uh, on a schedule, I guess, over the next few years. So when when does the supply sort of reach its peak? Right, uh, on the vesting schedule, uh, it reaches its peak and you'll see it's a very healthy uh, uh, release schedule of uh, around five years. Uh, we've had our tokenomics challenged by uh, brightnode.io. Uh, it's, it's, it's a company that's based in Switzerland with ex um, as institutional bankers. Uh, we've had a challenge by another company called uh, Crypto for All. 
uh, based in Paris. They've been in crypto since 2013. And uh, we've had it especially challenged by our CTO, who is the ex-head of engineering at Consensus. Um, and and uh, for people who don't know what Consensus is, it's uh, one of the most respected, well, most well-respected companies in, in in that space. It was co-founded by the co-founder of Ethereum. And uh, so, so you'll see that the, the release schedule is quite healthy uh, and takes five years. You, you won't see a massive uh, peak in where all the tokens can get uh, can get dumped. But but back to your point of uh, of real assets, what 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 we realize is that the Luna example, like the Luna crush, would not have been possible uh, for us because what Luna taught us is you can create value out of thin air. Um, it's well and good to be able to generate uh, yields, uh, but what's the purpose of getting a 20% APY if the whole thing is backed by nothing and you can the next day uh, crash? Um, you know, yeah, that's so kind of what I was thinking of when I said earlier about the circular economy that a lot of cryptos have, the, the so-called Ponzi-nomics of the whole thing, whereas, uh, you know, a lot of the best projects um focus or at least try to put their feet on the ground to some degree that's why i found it so interesting that you're using real estate in this way and and and, and of course as you pointed out the way that the assets actually build over time you know if you have a constant stream of transaction fees over a number of years then those transaction fees are constantly invested in more real estate and more real estate so that over time i guess the uh, the quality of holidays and the, uh, the 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 expense of the holidays or the vacations that are given to people grow and grow over time even for the same quantity of tokens owned is that correct absolutely that's 100 percent correct and uh... And more than that, even if you look at the FTX example, like what FTX taught us is you can be over leveraged uh, and um, models where you custody people's own money is extremely dangerous uh, and needs a lot of policing. So our model works without us having to custody people's tokens. I mean, they can custody their tokens on a hard wallet themselves. Uh, this, this is not our business. And also we are under leveraged. So um, on the real estate side, we take a 50% uh, debt to equity ratio and we only buy existing profitable real estate assets. So worst case scenario, there's a two th 2008 crash uh, in the real estate uh, market. We buy rental properties, we are under leveraged. Uh, people still are paying rentals, we're still generating cash flow. So tomorrow there's a big crash in the crypto space, it happens every four years, there's a massive crash. Uh, well, fair enough. We are the real estate is still generating rentals every single month. We also using those rentals to buy back our tokens, so the which makes the uh, liquidity injection into the token uh, quite healthy. Whether it's a bull market, whether it's a it's a bear market. So you won't be taking out loans then to buy the rental properties. You'll you'll be buying them with with actual money from the transaction fees rather than borrowing most of it. Well, it's, it's always healthy to add some debt in real estate, as long as it's conservative. Um, so we take a 50% approach, it's 50-50. So if we've generated $20 million in transaction fees year, in, in one year to buy real estate, uh, we would take the equivalent in debt, which in real estate terms, especially for rental real estate, is quite conservative. It is conservative, yeah. So in, so in other words, the, rent, uh, the, the value of the properties would have to fall by 50% in order for the investment to start going underwater, which is obviously you know, a 50% drop in uh, real estate um, in most parts of the world anyway, is, 
is pretty rare. <laughs> it's, it's very rare. So yeah, I see. So you've taken a conservative approach to the borrowing, which sounds sensible. It means that you can, uh, you can see a big drop in real estate prices and, and still be okay. Yeah, I mean, this space is risky enough. And to be honest, what's what interests most people in that space is the risk reward, right? So people invest, most people invest in, in, in crypto today, especially the native market to speculate, they want to make 100x. Uh, but they are very willing to do zero, because this is the name of the game. So what's, what's happening with lingo is you can still make whatever x in terms of upside you can still go 100x because we, we don't peg the value of the token to the real estate it's still a digital asset people can speculate they can know that look in 10 years if it goes well they're going to buy all of these real estate this is going to attract a lot of people uh and it's a it's, it's a virtuous circle where the, the, the more people go on vacations the more the more they the coin trades because it, with word of mouth people talk about it uh, so the, the more we send people on vacations, the more it attracts a bigger community, the more we attract a bigger community, the more real estate we buy, which means that the more we send people on vacation, which means that the community grows, which means that we buy more real estate. And so th this, this is, it's, it's a virtuous circle of, of, of value creation in the whole system. And uh, so that leaves uh, the door open to lots of speculation for the price to do 100x. But they know that worst case, if it's a bear market, there's still real estate supporting the token. Uh, so it's compared to most of the other tokens, uh, are you as likely to do 100x? Yes. Uh, are you less likely to do zero? Absolutely, because there's, there's real assets behind. So the risk reward in itself is way more interesting. Yeah, that is, that is very unusual in the token space that you've actually sort of artificially created almost a flaw on the price. Not, you know, not necessarily a definite flaw, because obviously it depends on the value of real estate. It depends on the amount of transaction fees you're getting in any one year. But but nonetheless, there's a basis for valuation there, you know, <laughs> which is which in itself is pretty unusual in the world of crypto, which is why, of course, the prices often rise hundreds of percent and then fall by 95 percent, because even with some of the biggest ones like Ethereum, it's impossible to know how to value them if they don't have revenues and profits. But by tying your token to some degree, uh, but as you say, not entirely, the value of the token doesn't depend on real estate prices, but it at least sort of reflects them to some degree and it provides something of a flaw to the price for the tokens or, a, or potentially a flaw. I, f I find that side of it pretty interesting. That's that's different from, from most projects that I've looked at. And that ties into the three issues for the mass market. So the number three is, yeah, I want something that's easy to understand. Uh, if I understand it and I can use it in real life uh, in, in a way that adds value to my life, well and good. Normally, the third thing is, well, this is crypto, so it's risky, so maybe not. Well, there, this solves the risky uh, aspect. Yeah, it, it definitely helps with that, doesn't it? It's um, It helps to improve the, the sort of risk profile of the whole thing a lot by the sounds of things to me. Um, though, of course, people still need to be aware that, you know, this is a startup venture and therefore, you know, it involves risk. Um, but but yeah, compared to a lot of projects I've seen, I am somewhat reassured by the uh, by the real estate element to it and the way that it would uh, has implications, as I say, for a, a possible sort of notional flaw for the for the price of the token. Um, looking ahead, I'm interested to kind of work out in the future. I mean, you know, 
we, we've talked about how over the next sort of couple of years, we'll start to see uh, the, the, the value of the real estate um, increase as transaction fees create more and more money that you can invest in real estate. And then you get, uh, get the yields off that real estate, which are then used uh, for the vacations. I suppose if you were to look out five years from now, say I was, uh, this, is, this is terrible that I'm getting you to try and guess this. You don't have to put a figure on it if you don't want to, but let's say I'm a small investor who has put $1,000 into your tokens, are you able to kind of do a, a brave guess about in five years time, what kind of vacation allowance would that thousand dollars get me in, in five years time? Well, that's a good question. It all depends on what kind of market cap you can sustain and what kind of trading volume you can sustain mm -hmm. uh, over those years. And this is crypto. So we can be surprised. You can you can have a weak uh, uh, market cap, but in general, we haven't seen um, market caps go uh, in the weak zone, which is what we consider a weak zone, with that amount of marketing firepower that we've managed to amass. So what I haven't told you uh, yet is that uh, thanks to the fact that it's it's a safer option, it's a less risky option, that it has utility in real life, and it's 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 simple to understand. Uh, our model has uh, uh, um, excited and engaged uh, a lot of celebrity interest uh, and crypto expert interest. And uh, since, since more than a year and a half now, we've, we've managed to sign uh, contracts with over 100 uh, uh, celebrities, athletes, uh, international DJs, actors, and crypto experts, uh, combining more than 300 million followers and uh, the craziest part is we have a commitment of anywhere from 48 to 100 social media posts uh, per celebrity uh, in, in five-year contracts. And that is unseen in the industry. Uh, the closest that we've found to that is, um, is uh, an NFT project called the Board Ape Yacht Club, where they had around 70 celebrities change their profile picture to apes last year. Uh, they then uh, launched a token called ApeCoin, which launched at around $3 billion in valuation. Uh, and now with the bear market, they're around 1.5 billion. We're not talking about 70 celebrities, we're talking about hundred plus. Uh, if you look at the French national team who are at the, at the finals, uh, we have half of the French team uh, who signed with us, uh, for example. And so we, we're talking about more than hundred celebrities and crypto experts. We, we, we had an event in Miami uh, a month and a half ago um, and there was uh, BitBoy Crypto over there at our private event, uh, uh, Crypto Wendio, who has the largest female audience. Uh, we had dinner with the Alcorn Daily Brothers, uh, who have um, probably the, the second or the number one uh, biggest um, channels on Twitter and YouTube in, in, in the crypto space. So we're talking about crypto experts and big time celebrities, um, but we're not talking about one profile picture. We're talking about 48 to 100 social media posts. Which, which is unseen. So we haven't seen uh, projects with that kind of marketing firepower. That, repre that represents around $50 million uh, worth of marketing contracts uh, that we've secured. And uh, we haven't seen uh, digital assets launching with that amount of firepower with weak market caps. Um, so even if we, with all of this marketing firepower, let's say we are off by 1 15th of what ApeCoin did, even though there's a lot more marketing firepower, we have a model that has utility in real life that appeals to people with the free vacations, that's less risky. And we have 
all of this market firepower, let's say we miss the more by 1 15th. Right? Instead of doing 1.5 billion in market cap, we only do 100 million uh, in market cap. With normal trading volumes, we, we should be able to generate around $10 million a year uh, in real estate. So in five years, to answer your question, that's $50 million a year uh, of, of real estate um, after five years. Um, assuming you're doing a 6% yield, uh, the if you invest a thousand dollars year one, you should be able to generate around a 30 percent return uh, year five. Um, and again, you haven't done anything. You you've just chilled uh, for five years and enjoyed your vacations uh, along the way. I can see why the marketing is is so important, and it's it's interesting that you've uh, signed people up for for five years. Did you say are they are they tied into five year contracts, or is it is it yeah. sort of more? Yeah, more it's, it's signed signed contracts. Oh, well, that's very interesting because obviously the transaction fees are so absolutely key to raising money for the real estate in your project. So having that kind of marketing firepower on an ongoing basis uh, is key. So, so it's it's uh, I like the fact that you <laughs> that you thought of that in advance and signed people up for longer term contracts because the transaction fees need to be ongoing in order to get get the whole real estate asset thing underway and to keep it growing and growing. Yes, yes, that's that's an interesting one. Um, so where do you see this project in five years time? In, in your in your sort of wildest imaginings, what do you see happening in five years? What we need is um, if we're able to sustain a uh, relatively healthy market cap with a relatively healthy trading volume uh, per day, which is not hard to do, uh, especially with the team that, that we have, if we manage to execute on that properly, this would catch in a way where, as I told you, it creates this upward circle of value creation. Uh, so we're sending people on vacation, word of mouth, people getting excited, it's attracting a bigger community, which makes us buy more real estate, which makes us buy, uh, uh, send more people on vacation, which attracts more people. And if that takes off with, with the right execution, uh, what would in theory happen is, is, is a flywheel uh, uh, that goes faster and faster and faster. So we would have essentially- Until you own all the real estate in the world. <laughs> this would be an empire of real estate that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. for one purpose, one purpose only sending people on vacation and for, for us this is the this is and thanks to that technology this this can now be a reality mm. um this is the whole purpose of of uh, of web3 in that space it's transparency it's value for everybody people are calling it the, the biggest redistribution, potentially the biggest redistribution of wealth in history in the shortest period of time i'm gonna just go into the mechanics of it uh a little bit just to work out with the transaction fees, um, as you say, you know, if Bitcoin were to have sort of instituted a similar system, then, you know, many, many billions or tens of billions even would have been raised in that time. Okay. A lot of crypto projects use transaction fees for, for all kinds of different things to secure the network, um, liquidity providers, um, that kind of thing thing so i guess my question would be if so much of the transaction fee is going into buying real estate is there is there you know the places that it's not going as a result how do you sort of compensate the 
the actors who keep the whole system going, like liquidity providers and so on, um, if there's no transaction fee incentive for them, or is there still a transaction fee incentive? That's a very good question. So out of the 2.5% transaction fee uh, that, that uh, is coded on the smart contract, 17% is used to buy real estate. Uh, and the rest goes to a, a mix of uh, working capital and also ongoing marketing uh, going forward because you have to stay top of top of mind. And this is also something we, 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 we haven't seen in utility token projects. Uh, we've seen that maybe with crypto.com where they try and stay top of mind or Binance. Um, but as a utility token protocol, we haven't seen um, people focused on branding and that's a, that takes a lot of time. Um, so, which is why part of the transaction fees around 10% goes to marketing and branding over time to make sure that you always stay top of mind and you're always growing your brand equity. Uh, but 20% goes to the working capital um, to pay for the employees, to, um, uh, to address the technical innovations, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right, got it. I see. So, you, so it's a split. There's a mixture that way. Interesting. Um, is there, I mean, I think we've covered pretty much everything about this project that I wanted to cover. Is there anything else that, that you wanted to discuss? Yeah, sure. We mentioned the risk element there, and it is a startup and it is private equity. Um, we've managed to raise around $3 million in seed already. Um, and what our investors have told us is that they typically invest in private equity uh, because you essentially you want to make a 20x on your investment uh, and you're willing to do zero on 19 investments uh, out of 20. So essentially, if, if, you, if you're lucky with one company out of 20, uh, you're breaking even. And if, if you're, doing, you're lucky with two companies, then, then you're making uh, 20x uh, on your investment. That's the thesis for most private equity investments. Now, Web3 private equity goes a step further where you're expecting to do 50 or 100 instead of 20, but you, you, you're much more likely uh, and, and aware that this can go to zero. Uh, the fact that um, there is a real estate element in what we're doing, the fact that before launching the token, we are already buying real estate. Uh, so we're not waiting for transaction fees to buy real estate. We are buying real estate today before launching the token so that on day one, we can always already send people on vacation. Uh, this allowed us to protect the investment of our uh, investors by 50%. Uh, because what we do is we invest half of the, of the money in real estate anyway. Uh, so what the feedback that we've had with uh, our investors is that what's interesting with them, with us, with, with Lingo, uh, is that you, they are still getting the upside of Web3 private equity. Uh, so we are forecasting to do, again, this model does not exist. So there's not a real systematic way to, uh, to correctly uh, quantify the odds of, uh, of success. But we think that the upside potential um, uh, is going to range from a 3x to a 200x if it works. Uh, now, it is still private equity. There is still a risk, but worst case scenario, uh, the downside can only be 50%, uh, and that's on shareholder agreements. So this is what attracted our investors, saying that you can make a 200x, but worst case, uh, I can only make minus 50%. And, and that's in private equity in general, they haven't seen that. Uh, so the risk reward was quite interesting for them. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I like the analogies that you've made because uh, when I do speeches about uh, investing in crypto and that kind of thing to a to a general investment audience, I try to get them to understand that it's kind of like, uh, well, what we have in Britain, Dragon's Den. I think in America it's Shark Tank, isn't it? But the the wow. point is that uh, you know traditionally when people are investing in stock markets. Um, it's a bit of a different thing because of the revenues and the profits and the fact usually that of course IPOs come to stock markets quite late on in the in the um, maturity of the firm. Whereas obviously with crypto, it's something we've never seen in the history of the world before where ordinary people are able to get in on the ground floor um, of new projects. And so, you know, people were getting in initially going, oh, I'm going to make tons on this. I'm going to make tons on this one and this one, and, you know, buying up loads of them. But what they didn't realize is that it's like Dragon's Den. It's like took completely new startup projects, um, a few of which will do incredibly well, and many of which will not do well at all, and their tokens will go way down. So I always try and warn people of that, that it's, you know, that's the, in, that's the kind of thing. It's like you're a venture capitalist, but you're just an ordinary person. But when you invest in crypto, it's kind of like you need to be in venture capitalist uh, or dragon kind of mindset. Uh, with that in mind, how can people uh, invest in, in the tokens? How do they go about it? Well, right now um, we are closing the private round um so we are only onboarding uh, small investors um and, and the reason why we're doing this is that the fact that no one's done that before uh the, the smaller most influential people that we have the higher the chance uh that the token explodes to uh, 200x uh, in three years so uh we are only letting in uh smart money um there's two ways to get in uh, it's either on the token only basis, so you only you, you are uh, investing in the token before the public sale uh, at half price of the public sale, uh, and that's a minimum ticket of fifty thousand uh, dollars. Or uh, this is where we've raised most of um, uh, the investments um, with our investors. Uh, it's a ticket of half a million dollars, um, which gives you the token and exposure on the on the uh, equity side too. And as you guessed it, not only on the uh, value of the business, which is a tech company that can do, do X in the future, but all the real estate that we accumulate is on the balance sheet of that company. Um, so that gives you exposure to equity and tokens, and especially the 50% floor, uh, if, if ever uh, things go, go south. Um, and and to, to um, our, our process to, to uh, on board uh, new small investors there's normally a discovery call um, that we do um, so this is available on our website called mylingo.io m-y-l-i-n-g-o.io and you'll see there's a, you can apply to become an early investor there's a bunch of questions and then uh, you can book a discovery call and then if things go well we can we can discuss so that's on the uh, this is only reserved for for, for private investors now um, the next step for us is to um, launch an IEO with a tier one exchange. Uh, I can't name names now, uh, but uh, we, we are in advanced discussions to an, an initial exchange offering with a tier one exchange. Uh, and then people will be able to either buy tokens on, on the exchange or um, on our platform directly. Um, and they can still uh, register uh, in the waiting list on our website. 
Got it. And um, actually, one other thing that uh, I didn't think to ask before, but it's just popped in my mind, is uh, when you're buying the real estate, have you got specific geographical areas in mind or are you just buying a swathe across the whole world? That's a very good question. One of our board members uh, runs a fund um, called Absolute Capital, where they already invest in, um, in rental assets, uh, mostly in Europe. So they already have a pipe. Uh, that's, that's their job. That's their expertise. So the initial real estate that we're buying will be in Europe. Uh, now, going forward, uh, we will let the community vote to where we buy. So um, let's say in three years down the line, we, we, we find that the, most of the Lingo community members are Vietnamese or uh, you name it, or from uh, Nigeria, for, for example. Um, it doesn't change much to the model to where we buy real estate, as long as the yield is relatively healthy. We talk, we're targeting a four to to six percent yield uh, on the real estate assets, only profitable assets. So what we'll do in in, in our process is just mandate a, a company or a fund that usually does that. They have teams of due diligence, uh, analyst teams. Uh, they are normally listed companies. We'll tell them, look, this year we've managed to uh, gather forty million dollars that we need to buy real estate. Uh, shortlist the best opportunities you can find with these and these criteria, and then uh, essentially we'll give that shortlist to the community and they, they will vote to, to where they want to buy it. It doesn't change much to the model, but it's always cool to have a say in where we buy. So if most of the com community is Vietnamese, they say, oh, we have something, uh, um, a great opportunity uh, nearby, let's, let's, let's buy that. And that boosts engagement. Excellent. Well, that's pretty much all my questions. I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much for, uh, for joining us here today, HM, and for answering all my questions. I look forward to seeing how the project does in the years ahead. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for your time. This podcast was brought to you by Master Investor. For more investment and economics analysis, please visit masterinvestor.co.uk.